This is K.M. Wyland, and you're listening to the 46th episode of the Wordplay Podcast. I can breathe a big sigh of relief now. I finished my rewrite of my fantasy Dreamers Come, and managed to cut a whopping total of 40,000 words. Needless to say, I'm very pleased. The story feels much leaner and more muscular now, and I'm excited about the beefed-up version of my main character. Think a mashup of Captain Kirk and Johnny Storm, with maybe a dash of Han Solo, and you've got the new and improved Chris Redston. My next chore is to clean up the mess I left in my manuscript after all my hacking and slashing. I need to bolster a few areas in the character and thematic arcs, fix up my typos, and then I'm free to let the book cool for a while. How to Tell If Your Backstory is Boring, the latest post in the video series on my blog, reveals how Alexandre Dumas perfectly balanced the backstory in his beloved classic The Three Musketeers to give the readers just the amount of information they needed at just the right moment to keep them gobbling up the story. You can watch the video on my blog at wordplay-kmyland.blogspot.com. New videos are posted every Wednesday. Meanwhile, enjoy this week's podcast. Why character stereotypes are a good thing. Stereotypes are bad, right? They're cliched stock characters that rob your story of originality and immediacy. Readers realize they've read about these characters in dozens of other stories, lose interest, and cast the book aside. True enough so far, but what we often fail to realize is that stereotypes can be successfully applied in two ways. We can use them, and we can play off them. Because stereotypes are widely recognized, they provide us common ground with the reader. From that starting place, we then have the option of using the reader's expectations to our advantage in any number of ways. In Characters and Viewpoint, science fiction legend Orson Scott Card explains, As storytellers, we can't stop our readers from making stereotype judgments. In fact, we count on it. We know of and probably share most of the prejudices and stereotypes of the community we live in. When we present a character, we can use those stereotypes to make readers think they understand him. When we introduce a computer nerd, a cowboy, a scientist, or a politician, our readers immediately have preconceived ideas about this character. We don't have to tell them the cowboy wears boots and rides a horse any more than we have to explain that the politician dresses in suits and smiles and shakes hands on a frequent basis. Because readers already know about these archetypes, we can save valuable time and space that might otherwise need to be filled with descriptions and explanations. To some extent, readers even enjoy stereotypes. We deliberately choose to read about cowboys and pilots because these characters possess certain traits we admire and enjoy. However, the line between successfully using a stereotype and abusing it to the reader's boredom is a fine one. John Truby, in his marvelous book The Anatomy of Story, cautions, An archetype resonates deeply with an audience and creates very strong feelings in response but it is a blunt tool in the writer's repertoire. Unless you give the archetype detail, it can become a stereotype. The solution is to play against the stereotype by crafting unique, realistic personalities that break the bounds of expectation. When characters act in ways the reader wasn't expecting, the reader's curiosity is immediately piqued. He wants to know why this politician gets away with wearing cut-off shorts to work or why this girl who looks like a computer nerd is really a fashion model. 
The first time we meet a person in real life, we inevitably make assumptions about him from his appearance and mannerisms. In short, we stereotype him. But when we get to know him better, his individuality reveals itself, and we realize he is an indefinably unique person who breaks the expectations of his stereotype in many ways. Characters are no different. If you met your character on the street, what stereotype might he appear to fulfill? Which of those stereotypical traits can you use, and which can you play against, to make the most of your reader's inevitable preconceptions? Thank you for listening to the Wordplay Podcast. To read a transcript of this episode, visit me on the web at wordplay-kmyland.blogspot.com. And be sure to listen again next week.